Up and at them, campers. We've arrived at day 14 here at Camp One Clap on the One Clap Speech and Debate podcast. And today, we're going to have a pleasant counselor campfire chat with NSDA Student of the Year runner-up, Abia George. I'm your camp director and host of the One Clap Speech and Debate podcast, Lyle Wiley, and I hope everyone is having a good time at camp. Summer's winding down, and hopefully this flood of speech and debate content will help get coaches and competitors excited about the upcoming year. Quick reminder, check the One Clap socials for today's social media challenge topic. It's been fun to see all the engagement from folks out there. Additionally, the ABCs of debate with Professor Graham and Kevin, a labor of love from camp counselor Adrian Graham, has a new thrilling episode every day during camp. Let's learn more about today's counselor campfire chat guest, Abia George. Abia George graduated from Aberdeen Central High School in South Dakota Over four years of competition, she competed in public forum, international extemp, and oratory in the state circuit, and expository and impromptu at the national circuit. Abia was recognized as the Student of the Year National Runner-Up this year, and last year, Abia and her partner finished 19th in the nation in public forum debate and one state this year. She's a two-time state runner-up in international extemp and broke to the top 60 at nationals this year. Abia broke top 60 in both impromptu and expository this year as well. An academic All-American, Abia truly believes that speech and debate is one of the strongest catalysts for change within our communities, and that it provides an outlet for students to be solution-oriented change makers. All right, well, let's jump right in for a chat around the campfire with Abia George. Welcome to One Clap Speech and Debate and to Camp One Clap, Abia George. Hey, welcome to the podcast. It's awesome to have you here. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. Yeah, I'm excited to have you on the podcast. So uh, because we're doing some camp-themed stuff this month, I want to know what your favorite camp activity is. Okay, so it depends on the camp. If it's a speech and debate camp, I actually love the energizers. I know it's usually an thing, but... I always like kind of judged it, but I interned at a camp this summer and the energizers were my favorite part. But if it's not a debate camp, like just hanging out around a campfire or something like that. Uh, Just like hanging around a campfire, maybe cooking marshmallows, having good conversations. (laughs) That's tough to Mm -hmm. be. That's really, really chill and nice. (laughs) And yeah, the energizers (laughs) can be kind of fun. But yeah, I I feel you. Sometimes I'm always like, uh, "Ooh, that seems a little uncomfortable." But then once I'm doing it, yeah, it's kind of fun. <laughs> One of the things I like to ask folks, uh, because speech and debate folks often admit to and almost sort of like glory in the fact that they're kind of nerdy, is uh, on a scale of one to ten, how nerdy would you say that you are? I would say like a six and a half, seven. I don't think I'm super nerdy, but I also like get so excited when I see news articles or like a new research study for a public forum topic. So pretty nerdy in that arena, but not like mathy or sciencey at all. So you're you're a pretty nerdy debate nerd, right? Okay. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> That's a good way to put it. <laughs> Do you ever nerd out on any content, uh, television shows, books, movies? Is there anything that you're like really into? I do. So, okay, this is also going to sound very nerdy. There is a book called The Black Wave, and I read it this summer. 
and I was like, I had given an extinct speech about the topic just like last season. So, and I answered it almost perfectly, like the author like talks about in the book. So I remember just being so excited and I like texted my coach about it. Yeah. So I get excited over things like that. <laughs> like where you read something or see something and then it specifically relates to something that you get to do in competition. Mm-hmm. That's, that's pretty exciting. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, I'll give you a six and a half. I, I think that's probably a, a pretty good number. Um, and there's nothing wrong with being a debate nerd. I think it's lovely. So <laughs> <laughs> thank you. <laughs> So you've had a lot of success over your career in speech and debate. And um, I think I'd, I'd like to hear kind of where you, you know, where you entered into speech. How did you get into this? So I moved to Aberdeen, South Dakota, where I competed the day before school started. And when I was signing up for my classes, they told me, do you want to do honor speech and debate or do you want to do speech? And I was like, you know what? I'll do honors debate and democracy. And then I took that class and then I walked into the class the first day. That was my first block. And I just remember seeing trophies all around the wall and just being a little intimidated. But then I slowly realized that I wanted to be a part of that crew and I found my community there. And then I sticked it out all four years. And yeah, that's my debate story. I didn't have a lot of family in Aberdeen or any community, to be honest. And then speech and debate became my family. Oh, that's really cool. So tell me about the different kinds of events that you've competed in while you've been at Aberdeen. Yeah. So in my state circuit, I've competed in international extemp, public forum, and oratory. And at the NAT circuit, I've also done expository and impromptu. And uh, what's your favorite event? This is a tricky one. I will say it is public forum, but me and Extemp, have, we have a love-hate relationship. I used to hate Extemp so much while I competed in it. But now that it's done and I'll never probably compete in it again, I actually really miss it. I also really love oratory because I think it's the best outlet where you can share your story and tell people about things that matter to you. So it's really hard for me to pick. But if I had to pick, it would be public forum. Yeah, I I know a lot of other students that have a similar love hate relationship with extempor- <laughs> extemporary speaking. So I, mm-hmm. I, I get it. Uh, so public forum is maybe your favorite. What, what's your most successful? Probably event? success is also hard for me to define because I think the parameters of success depends on the event. Like for, I went to state in all three of my events the senior year, um, and I was a state champion in public forum, runner up in IX for the past two years, and then. I placed fourth in oratory, but oratory, I was able to share my story and people in my community didn't know the struggles or just the problems with our immigration system. So bringing awareness to that, I thought was important. And then in international extent, all the speeches I gave was about important topics that people didn't really know about. And then public forum has just been my thing. And we won state and my partner and I placed 19th in the nation last year in public forum. So... It's amazing. Congratulations. Um, Thank so you. cool. And it's awesome that you have that emphasis on education, the ability to help tell people about subjects they don't know about and help people learn mm-hmm. about situations that they don't have uh, a whole lot of information about or public or like personal connections to, you know? So that's, yeah, for that's sure. all really amazing. So I, I was wondering if you have any tips and tricks you'd like to share about I guess any of the events that you feel really comfortable or have had some success in, 
Um, do you have anything you'd like to share with anybody, pass along, help them out on their journey? I think for all events, it's about believing in yourself and like believing what you're saying, right? Whether that be for oratory, international extent, or public forum, if you believe in what you're saying and if you believe that it matters, it becomes a lot more impactful to the person who is listening to you. And in the technicality wise, just re-giving your speeches, no matter what event it is, just if it's IX, re-give that extent speech with the critiques that your coach or the people who listen to you gave you. With oratory, if you have to slow down, go re-give that oratory until you slow it down and until you have it in that 10-minute mark. And same with public forum, like when you do practice rounds or drills, when you have when you're struggling with a speech, listen to the critiques and sometimes record yourself, listen to it yourself, see what you can improve, and then actually utilize that and re-give your speeches until you get it and you feel comfortable giving it again. I think that's some really good advice. Is there anything else you'd like to share mm -hmm. about um, competition or ways that people can improve? I think a lot of times we associate success with luck, but I think it's more about how much you put into it. So my senior season, my partner and I knew that we wanted to win state. Like that was our goal. So we, starting from honestly our junior year nats, we read every study, every article related to the topic. We just knew more. So when we went against our opponents, the studies that they're referring to or the articles they were referring to, we knew them already. So I think for every event, it works like that. You just need to be able to know more than your opponent. In international extent, walking into every round, in the draw, then I would get questions. I might not know every single tiny detail, but I would know the baseline information. And it's just reading more about it, understanding more about it, and investing your time into it. Yeah, we just talked a lot about that at a debate camp I was helping at, how, I mean, <laughs> there's no substitute for just knowing things about your topic. I mean, it's a lot of work for sure, a lot of time, mm -hmm. but when you have that knowledge and you know about all the literature, then you can tell when your opponents are twisting it or you can, you can respond to the, those arguments without having to look at them because you know, them. Um, it's a pretty big yep, deal for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. An another amazing thing that's happened to you this year and your senior year is that you were, uh, you were a finalist for the NSDA student of the year. So you were up on stage at nationals this year um, for that honor. What was, what was that like? Tell us about your Nats experience and congratulations. It's amazing. You were first runner Thank up. You. Yeah, it was, it was incredibly just inspiring to watch and know about the stories of everyone that was on that stage and the support that you get from my team is genuinely my biggest, like, they are my greatest support system. They are there for me through thick and thin and just seeing how excited they were for me and how supportive they were of just, was just heartwarming. And even the opponents that I went up against in South Dakota circuit, like, they all cheered me on. And I think it was just support of the community that that was the most memorable part of that experience. And of course, the interview process and being on stage was also really cool and seeing just how impactful the people in speech and debate are and like the changes that we can make in our community. It just amazes me that, and it essentially provides us a relief that our future is in safe hands. These people have great ideas and great hopes for our future. And that's what we need. Absolutely. I, it's just, it's just a kind of an incredible honor. I, yeah. I mean, like, did you just ride a, a, a high for a while after that coming out of nationals? <laughs> 
It was it was very awesome. I also broke top sixty in every event I competed in, so it was just it was a very sweet experience. It was a good way to go out of speech and debate. Good way to say goodbye. <laughs> Definitely, I think it might be a good segue into talking about your future a little bit, um, because I am mm-hmm. I'm curious about whether or not you're thinking about extending your speech and debate career into the college level. I think I am. I'm not exactly sure about the debate aspect, but I think I want to do speech in college. Yeah. And then switch from oratory to maybe like persuade and then go more into impromptu. We'll see. We'll see where life takes me. Oh, there you go. What, what is your like larger goal for down the road? What's next for you in general? What do you, what are your plans? Yeah. So like I talked about, I'm part of a group called age four dreamers. So we're, I don't know if you're familiar with DACA. We're kind of like DACA, except we are, we came here legally and we're documented. So, but the sad reality is that when we're 21, we have to self-report ourselves because our visa essentially runs out when the second we hit 21. So my end goal is to be a immigration refugee, go into that law and like be specialized in it and try to create some kind of reform in that area because as I was looking more into my oratory, I realized that the system haven't changed since the 1960s. And it's high time we do that because so many people are being affected. And so that's my goal, going to law and try to create some kind of change. I also would like to like part, be a part of like UN or work for UNICEF, specifically for like refugees and the immigration migrant part of it. And maybe also coach some debate. I don't know. We'll see. Because I interned at a debate camp over the summer, and it was just such a gratifying, rewarding experience. It's so great to see kids just in a week just transform a lot and have the skills and honestly just have the passion to get better. And it was just so awesome to see. So maybe coaching is also something that I would look more into. We'll see. It sounds like you have a lot of uh, really important plans that are going to help a lot of people in the future. So. Uh, I wish you luck on that journey. Um, we definitely need Thank people you. like you to to help sort of like suggest and, and then create some of those reforms. So that's, that's a big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, so back to speech and debate just a little bit. Uh, what do you think is the best part of speech and debate? Like what's the thing that sticks out to you the most? I think it's the platform it gives us to amplify the change that we want to see. Oftentimes, even within our speech and debate community, we are so quick to speak. We are so quick to judge, but we need to be able to listen because in order for change to happen and in order for us to have civil discourse and create tangible solutions that apply to both sides of an issue, we need to be able to listen. And unfortunately, the art of listening is slowly fading away within our community. And I think debate teaches us and essentially sometimes forces us to listen to important problems and different viewpoints in that problem. Like an extent, you get a judge to listen to you for seven minutes and 30 seconds. Noritori, you have people who are going to have to listen to you for 10 minutes. And I think it's important that we listen to problems without just coming to conclusion or trying to just move away from the problem, disregarding it. Yeah. Absolutely. So important. And hopefully speech and debate does give that forum. I I mean, I know it's not Mm -hmm. flawless, but I think, I think it definitely gives students a forum to speak. Is there anything that you'd like to share about your experience in speech and debate? Anything that um, you're concerned about with the community, anything that you're excited about that you just want to leave with? Um, 
at all. I just like to give people an opportunity. If there's anything else you'd like to say. I think sometimes in speech and debate, we get too caught up in our wins and our losses and we forget to see the bigger picture. And I know I'm guilty of that myself. Honestly, now that I'm graduated and kind of just taken out of the setting of speech and debate, you see that it's more than just the wins that you get or the losses that you see on your paradigm. It's more than just what you see on your tab room and your ballots. You gain skills like researching, listening to others, being able to talk without, you know, being scared. You gain a lot more skills. You build relationships that you likely have for the rest of your life. So seeing it more as a space where you can build connections, build relationships and talk about things that you care about and you're passionate about rather than just taking it as something that you can put on your college application or wins and losses, I think is really important. I think that's some really great advice. I, I, I think it's stuff that people need to hear too. It's in competitive events. It's always, there's always that temptation to just get caught up in the wins and losses. Um, but, mm-hmm, uh, for sure. But yeah, I think you're right. All right, cool. Well, I'm on a journey to try to figure out the perfect snack for a tournament, a speech and debate tournament. They can be pretty brutal. A lot of two day tournaments, overnight tournaments long. Mm -hmm. Uh, Sometimes it's hard to get access to food. So for you, what is your go-to speech and debate snack? Okay. So this part of it, do not take advice from me. I unfortunately was one of the people who got so stressed that I wouldn't eat anything during a tournament. So I didn't really have a favorite snack because I just wouldn't eat. But senior year, senior year Nats actually, to be specific, I loved my Chex mixes. I really liked Pringles. Honestly, just eat. Whatever you like, just eat because it makes you it makes you think better. <laughs> it is actually fuel, believe it or not. Freshman Abia, sophomore Abia, and junior Abia would not listen to this advice, but it is important to eat. So just make sure you eat whatever makes your heart happy. That's very important advice and very true. Um, I have no trouble eating whatever makes my heart happy. So, <laughs> you know, I just used to get so anxious and I just wouldn't eat. And yeah. now I'm like, why didn't I eat? It was not that big of a deal. <laughs> yeah. Hydrate. Hydration's a big deal too. Is there any kind of go-to that is true. Uh, drink of choice that you, uh, that you enjoy at tournaments? I don't think so. I, I just do water, mm-hmm. a lot of water. It's probably Water smart. Is key for hydration. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. I had a bad habit of drinking like monster monsters my junior year, right around like the qualifying season. But don't do that. That that's not good for you. It doesn't help. You just stay up late. You'll think you're going to be so efficient and cut a lot of cards and find a lot of awesome evidence. You're not. You're just going to be miserable the next day. So just drink water and sleep and take care of yourself. <laughs> Oh my gosh, Abia, you're so smart. Uh, you're, you're, you have wisdom <laughs> beyond your years. Uh, everyone should definitely listen to you. So, hey, thank you so much thank for you. <laughs> taking time to come on the podcast and speak with me today. I really appreciate it. And congratulations to you on all your success over your four years. And this year especially, just what an amazing way to go out. I um, hope you feel really good about your career and what you've done in speech and debate. Thank you so much. It was really exciting to talk to you and it's a very, very productive conversation. Thanks so much to Abia George for joining us here at Camp One Clap for a Counselor Campfire Chat. What's new at camp tomorrow? 
Camp One Clap Quiz Clash with Counselor Londi Ganyan returns for round two. Hunter McComey from Riverton will be met by challenger Miley Williams from Riverton. Also, Counselor Adrian Graham will drop yet another super genius episode of Professor Graham and Kevin's ABCs of Debate. Remember, social media challenges are live every day of camp this August. And sleep well tonight, campers. I mean, don't sleep like a log or you might end up on the fire, but sleep well. For Camp One Clap, this is Camp Director Wiley signing off.